Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for January the 6th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news from around the industry five days a week, Monday through Friday, right here on YouTube and podcast services around the world. So if you enjoy the show, you like what you see, be sure to hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. Keep yourself in the know. It's a fantastic way to start off your day. But with that being said, today's big news is that we finally have our first look at the PlayStation 5 controller, presumably called the DualShock 5. We will talk more about exactly what that looks like and how similar it is to a DualShock 4, because it looks like that uh, that is very similar. Very, very similar. But on top of that, GameStop might have just leaked the next Assassin's Creed. However, it's pretty much to be expected at this point after a couple of years of rumors. Then Ape Escape News is coming in 2020, and Industry Insider claimed there are at least two more unannounced Wii U ports coming to the Nintendo Switch. The next Call of Duty will not have jetpacks, and finally, it looks like older Americans are playing more games than ever before. And that is our lineup for today's show. But as always, I hope you enjoy what I bring to the table. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. The mysterious PS5 controller has shown itself for the first time. Although Sony has yet to officially reveal the PS5's main controller, early reports said it will look very similar to the DualShock 4, but just how similar? Well, according to a set of newly leaked photos, very. Someone who works at a video game developer posted a series of pictures they took of the PS5 dev kit, which is seen alongside the new controller. The original post showed up on Reddit as a collage, but they have edited them, they say over at VG247, into individual shots. Sadly, it's not quite the look we've been hoping for, focusing instead on the console's dev kit, which we had seen before. So here are the few images that we do have of the PS5 controller. And of course, as you can see, primarily from the middle photo here, looks to be a bit like a DualShock 4, just slightly chunkier. Of course, I've got one right here. And as you can see, towards the bottom, it seems like there's a bit uh, more of a meaty kind of uh, area right here between the two, two thumbsticks. And then, of course, all of the buttons have been painted over because they want to remain as confidential as possible, but it's undeniably a DualShock design. That's simply what it is. Uh, additionally, it looks like that is a USB-C on the back end of it, if I remember correctly. Seems to be a bit of a thicker cable, and I think they discussed that in the uh, original announcement when it came to the patent that I think it was going to be running on USB-C. But don't quote me on that one. And of course, there is the dev kit yet again. We have the ugly design, the one that everybody hates. It's a thick boy. That is a thick boy. At first glance, the controllers look incredibly similar, but there are some subtle differences. The touchpad is slightly more angular, but unfortunately remains as wide as it is on the DualShock 4, leaving little room for the options and share buttons. Though they don't appear in these images, we do know that the triggers will be bigger and there won't be a light bar at the back, but Sony also confirmed more under the hood upgrades, such as haptic feedback. It is worth keeping in mind that the particular design seen here may not necessarily be the one Sony ends up going with. Dev kits often ship with early controller prototypes, so this may be just another one of those. And again, there it is for your viewing pleasure. Uh, now, one thing that is notably different from the PlayStation 4's controller is that this is raised, and of course they said angular in the VG247 article. I prefer raised because although it might be maybe at an angle, it seems like this is something a bit more uh, standout from the overall uh, face of the controller itself. And of course, the D-pad looks largely unchanged. The option and share buttons look pretty much the same. And then hypothetically, there's a microphone at the bottom, some kind of additional attachment uh, capability, perhaps something along those lines. But 
Again, we have the uh, patent out there if you did want to go back and watch that episode of the Jam Pack Report. But that is what we have got so far on the PlayStation 5's controller. Again, incredibly similar to the DualShock 4 because, quite frankly, uh, this is one of the better controllers that I have ever used in my life. I'm a big fan of the DualShock 4. As compared to the Xbox One controller, I would say I definitely prefer it. It's much more comfortable in the hand. Uh, again, the entire console generation, as far as controllers go, has pretty much been defined by Xbox One is made for the big handed people and then PlayStation 4 is made for the little handed people. I'm somewhere in the middle like my hand about the size of my face as I think many people that's a pretty good ratio but with that being said the DualShock 4 simply works better for me so a couple of tweaks maybe the DualShock 5 could be even better if that is in fact, what they end up calling it. But nothing is confirmed officially as of yet. However, the leaks continue to come. And if the industry trends are to be believed, we should be seeing some kind of PlayStation 5 announcement maybe in February, just a couple of weeks away. Or who knows, it could even be at CES, maybe even today because I believe there is a keynote going on uh, either today or sometime later this week at CES where Sony has teased something big coming to their show floor. However, you could be playing the next Assassin's Creed on the PlayStation 5 and GameStop might just have leaked the next details. Ragnarok incoming. The retailer leak is one of the more reliable forms of video game leaks, as inadvertent product listings have a much higher accuracy rate than other sorts of rumors. Assassin's Creed is no stranger to leaks either, as its newest entries are usually added months before an official reveal. Column A and Column B have united in stabby matrimony today. GameStop Italy has seemingly gone live with a listing for Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, Milner edition on Xbox One. It has since been deleted, but a screenshot captured on Reddit is in the gallery below. Rumors of a Viking-themed Assassin's Creed have floated around ever since The Division 2 teased it with an in-game theater poster that seemed like a big wink from Ubisoft, and other leaks independently reported that the next foray into Animus would immerse us in Nordic mythology. The prevalent theory is that Assassin's Creed Ragnarok will release this fall, straddling current and next-generation consoles with a near-simultaneous launch on both. That is the approach Ubisoft took with Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag back in 2013 anyway, and if that is the case, we can possibly expect an announcement around the time Sony and Microsoft finally do deep-dive reveals on their consoles. It's tough to predict considering how this could very likely be framed around one or both of the platform holders. Regardless, yeah, it's probably just a matter of time at this point. Very exciting times to be an Assassin's Creed fan. Of course, the most recent entry was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, not a bad entry by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, one of the better entries, if I did have to say so myself. But I would say Assassin's Creed Ragnarok could continue that trend, build on that built-on foundation, I would say. Uh, even although the Assassin's Creed Odyssey entry was phenomenal, there's always room for improvement in some kind of way, shape, or form. And just imagine Ragnarok in the world of Assassin's Creed. I am very excited about that. Uh, but I would love to see your thoughts on this one. Of course, this is generally one that gets revealed sometime around E3. But the way the industry is trending, this very well could get its own independent reveal in just a couple of weeks. Who knows how they are going to play their cards on this one because the industry is growing and shifting. And if anybody's trying anything new as far as marketing tactics, now is the time to do it going into the next console generation. Pursue more. Drive forward. Be industry shapers, other corporate kinds of slogans to use here. Uh, but still, excited to see what Assassin's Creed has up its sleeve, as of course we didn't get one, it was new, in 2019. But we could be getting, new, uh, getting excuse me, a new Ape Escape in 2020, according to the official Ape Escape Twitter account. 
Ape Escape is one of my favorite video game experiences, period, the author says at Destructoid. I still remember the utter shock and awe that the DualShock method gave me when I played it for the first time. Very few new concepts have had that much of an impact, basically just recent VR with dual hand remotes. I still go back and play the original trilogy to this day every few years or so. But it is not just the controller scheme that gets me going, it's the other charm and the series effort. What? It's the utter charm that the series effortlessly sachets. Why are you getting so floofy with your language here? At every moment, it's ape escape, people. You go around, you capture monkeys, you collect them. They all have a little personality. It's a cool thing. But could we be getting a new one in 2020? We very well could. It's a long shot, but the 20th anniversary Twitter account for the series that was created in June of last year just tweeted out that the year will be exciting and wonderful due to, quote, lots of important information. Now, this could be nothing, but if we get an Ape Escape revival on the PS5 at E3 2020, I would be absolutely ecstatic, says the author who is in love with Ape Escape over at Destructoid. Now, this is exciting for me as well, because although I don't have to go on a three paragraph, you know, cascading fandom of Ape Escape, I was a big fan of it back in the day, uh, and I would love to see some kind of revival for PS5 in 2020. Uh, Now, the big question here, is it going to be a remaster or is it going to be some kind of brand new game? For me personally... I would say it's got to be some kind of remaster to make a brand new Ape Escape. I don't know that that necessarily works in 2020, that that amount of investment is necessarily worth the investment in 2020. But whenever I think about a remaster, whenever I think about a remake, I look at Katamari on the Nintendo Switch and think, hey, that's a really good way for uh, people to approach remastering, reimagining classic games because the brand new Katamari that came out on the Nintendo Switch, phenomenal experience because it's literally just the PS2 game brought forward to a brand new generation and it works wonderfully. So to be able to do that to other classic cult franchises like Ape Escape, I think would be a pretty good fit and I would love to see that kind of treatment given sometime around E3 of 2020, to all of the apes around the world, because that one is a very good time. As Chris Carter says over at Destructoid, in length. In length. Uh, But on top of that, Emily Rogers claims there are at least two more unannounced Wii U ports coming to the Nintendo Switch. Industry insider Emily Rogers, the leaker who correctly predicted Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, has shared some new details she has heard about the Switch's lineup in 2020. According to Rogers, there are at least two unannounced Wii U ports in the pipeline for the Switch, in addition to the already revealed Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE and Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Fans are currently speculating the unannounced ports to be Pikmin 3 and Super Mario 3D World, although more unexpected picks like Wonderful 101 and Star Fox Zero are also possible. That said, Rogers hinted that the Switch's releases for the first part of the year will be a bit barren, aside from Animal Crossing New Horizons, and that Nintendo may mostly be releasing older stuff to pad out the calendar in 2020. You can check out the full comment below as posted on Reset Era, which pretty much reflects the exact same stuff. Uh, So, what are we going to be getting here in the first part of 2020? Uh, In my opinion, I think that Super Mario 3D World could be a pretty good pick, and I think the Pikmin uh, could also be a pretty good pick as well. I'm not really deeply invested in the world of Nintendo, so I'm not really the best industry aficionado to say what we are going to be getting on the Nintendo Switch in the first chunk, but I do want to comment on the fact that it's probably wise for Nintendo to save most of their biggest games for the holiday season of 2020, uh, because as soon as the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X come out, the Nintendo Switch is going to be 
pretty much out in the cold for a lot of people. Now, I want to make something very clear. The Nintendo Switch is completely and totally capable of thriving on its own alongside the next generation because when it comes to power, that's not what the Nintendo Switch is about. It's focusing on the games and portability. That's the big thing for a lot of Nintendo Switch owners because right now the games are running very well, all things considered. Of course, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt does not run as well on the Nintendo Switch as it does on the PS4 or the Xbox One or the PC but people don't care. It's on the Nintendo Switch, it's on the go, so they're good to go with that. And I think that's exactly the same kind of approach a lot of people are going to be taking as the next generation does begin to ramp up. If you want the most beautiful, you know, gameplay and graphics and stuff like that, you should go with the next gen beefy consoles. But if you just want something on the go, if you just want something on the console you already have even, the Nintendo Switch is going to be right there for you. And of course, the exclusives are really what Nintendo does bring to the table. They are second to only Sony when it comes to the exclusives they are putting out right now. Uh, but two Wii U ports could be coming to the Nintendo Switch according to Emily Rogers, a trusted industry insider. So hey, stay tuned because it looks like the Nintendo Direct for January, which has not been confirmed but is likely coming, should reveal some pretty big news for the rest of 2020 when it comes to Nintendo's little handheld slash hybrid that could. Then, the next Call of Duty will not have jetpacks, according to Treyarch's design lead. Treyarch's design director is wary of reintroducing jetpacks into the next Call of Duty. The next COD game will not bring back the jetpacks, at least according to veteran designer David Vonderhaar. Vonderhaar, who has been Treyarch's design director since 2004, was recently asked on Twitter, perhaps jokingly, to bring the feature back. No, he replied in all caps to a Twitter follower. Such short-term memories. You hung me from the highest branch? No, no, I have PTSD, he elaborated in a follow-up tweet. In the style of advanced movement introduced in Treyarch's Black Ops 3, it's also the one Infinite Warfare used, giving birth to a trend that got COD fans to clamor for the days of boots on the ground, which led to the return of World War II and, of course, modern warfare. Separately, it's interesting that Vonderhaar has anything at all to say about the next Call of Duty. Recent reports suggested that the game is facing major troubles at Sledgehammer and Ravensoft, the two companies meant to lead the project. According to Kotaku, Treyarch was asked to step in and salvage what remains so the game hits in 2020, and it's not clear if Vonderhaar is specifically referring to that project or to Treyarch's own game to presumably follow. Now this is interesting, uh, because I am so thankful, so so thankful, uh, the jetpacks are not going to be making a comeback anytime soon. The Call of Duty trend, if you look at it over the course of the past 10 years, was somewhat of a sight to behold, because you had some very, very successful boots on the ground games, with uh, starting in 2010, if we're in 2020 now, you had Black Ops, then moving on, uh, you had Modern Warfare 3, then as time went on, you began to see the pace of the game speed up. First, it was by tactics with the gunplay itself, then as even more games came out, you began to see wall running, you began to see boost jumps, you began to see these jetpacks. There was so much movement going on uh, that it almost didn't feel like Call of Duty anymore. And then it pretty much evolved into somewhat of a hybrid between Titanfall and Call of Duty, uh, where there was plenty of running and jumping, but it just didn't feel like classic COD anymore. And so now we've gotten some pretty good games, World War II and Modern Warfare specifically. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the boots on the ground stuff. Some people love the Black Ops 3 slash, uh, you know, infin infinite warfare design of the jumping and the running and the flying and the whatnot. For me... Not a big fan. Glad to see it's not coming back in 2020. 
But with that being said, I am very concerned about the status of the game for 2020. Uh, Modern Warfare, I think, is going to continue to grow and evolve past the 2020 uh, game's release. So that's a good thing because I'm a big fan of Modern Warfare. But when it comes to this year's game, it seems like it's been a very tumultuous cycle for development. And I don't know that it's really going to pan out at the end of the day. But I suppose we will just have to wait and see whenever the game launches this October slash November, which is when the new Call of Duty traditionally does hit store shelves. But finally, your grandma might be playing the new Call of Duty because older Americans are playing more games, especially on PC and mobile. The gaming generations are becoming senior citizens and non-gamers are taking up the hobby in their old age. Americans ages 50 plus are increasingly interested in and playing games with a marked increase in older gamer population. A study by the AARP reports that there were some 40.2 million older adult gamers in 2016, while there are now 50.6 million. Over one third of these gamers report themselves as constantly trying new games, and fewer of them are reporting looking into their children or grandchildren to find new games, preferring to instead find those games themselves. Nearly half of these gamers report playing games daily. A significant number, 33%, report playing games online, and one-third of those generally play with strangers. These games almost all report playing... Excuse me, these gamers almost all report playing generally puzzle, logic, word, card, and video board games. The only two statistically significant changes in platform use among older gamers are in PC and mobile devices, including tablets. The number of seniors playing on phones, tablets, and other devices increased from 57% to 73%. The share of those playing on PCs did decrease from 59% in 2016 to 47% in 2019, mostly lost in those switching from laptop to tablet. Mobile and PC players still dwarf those playing on the other game systems. No other set of platforms had higher than 13% prevalence in 2019, and that is for all game consoles combined. And that's according to PC Games and Deliver to be a PC Gamer. Now this, for me, is something that I think is a bit of a no-brainer because whenever we talk about older Americans are playing more games, especially on PC and mobile, as gamers in the modern day, we think like, you know, old granddad Bob is over there playing Doom 2016. No, not necessarily. There are some people that do that. I think first of Grandma Shirley, the Skyrim grandma that's being immortalized via a mod in The Elder Scrolls V. But with that being taken into consideration, the reality is that a lot of people are just playing solitaire, chess, checkers, that kind of thing. My own grandmother has had a PDA, like the old 2005 PDA, uh, sitting on her, her uh, living room table for the past, I don't know, 15 years, and she has continually been playing Bubble Breaker. For the past 15 years, that's just what she does. And so technically, I suppose you could say that my grandmother is an older American who is a gamer. It just depends on how you want to specify that specific piece of information. And so for the majority of people, if you're playing checkers on your phone, if you're playing solitaire on your iPad, whatever it might be, you pretty much are a gamer. And of course, many, many, many adults are playing stuff like Candy Crush and these other match three games. So Technically, indeed, older Americans are playing more games, and indeed it is showing in the statistics by AARP. But hey, it's a good way to pass the time, and it's not hurting anyone, and it's keeping grandma busy, keeping her from calling you. Speaking of which, call your grandmother. She probably misses you. Uh, but with that being said, that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to drop me a like down below. And there are still four more episodes rolling out through the week. On top of that, 2020 is a year of experimentation and branching out. So I will be streaming on Facebook Gaming a couple of nights a week. We're still trying to iron out the schedule, but stay tuned over at fb.gg slash Samuel Adams Live. And there's more to come over there if you did want to check it out. But with that being said, 
said, I will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. Until then, have a fantastic one and peace.